Hi, welcome to Anto Knows. This is episode 77. We're continuing our voyage with the Starship Enterprise. Okay, we're going to go right where we left off. Star Trek The Voyage Home. Okay, Star Trek The Voyage Home was made in 86. And uh, this was starting the beginning of the end of the Star Trek uh, franchise, unfortunately. But it was one of the better films. Can you do a Star Trek movie and do comedy? Yes. And Leonard Nimoy still sat in the director's chair, so this really worked out fine, okay? And so basically, uh, remember that the Enterprise was destroyed in uh, Raph, uh, in uh, the um, uh, um, Search for Spock. And so now they need, they, they're using the Klingon Bird of Prey. Kriegs, uh, Krug's Klingon Bird of Prey, they name it the Bounty because it had a mutinous crew, okay? There's a bit of trivia for you if you want to stump someone in trivia somewhere, okay? And so they're, they leave Savick behind and they're going to go to uh, home to basically do face whatever consequences that they've done. They they basically achieved what the mission was. They wanted to find Spock and bring him home, and they did. Spock goes with them back to uh, Earth, and on the way there, of course, there's going to be trouble. So a giant probe comes out of, from the deepest parts of the darkest parts of space, and it's got a signal that nobody can understand. It gets uh, anybody that gets near it and doesn't understand the transmission is destroyed. So or or jammed, so they don't know what to do. So the um, Federation sends out to anybody that's available. Of course, uh, Kirk and crew respond to it. Uh, Spock deciphers that it's the calls of humpback whales. Very environmental. This show, this movie, and so. Just like they did in previous episodes in Assignment Earth and in uh, the Deadly Years, they they find a way to travel back through time by shooting around the sun. So that's exactly what they do, and they land the ship on on Earth in the 20th century, and they get out. and Kirk says, "Everybody remember where we parked." So they all do a lot of very funny lines, a lot of views. You look like a cadet review, you know, spread out. So they do, and they, uh, while Chekhov gets injured during uh, them trying to steal some nuclear uh, energy from uh, the Enterprise, the uh, ship that was named after that, and they go and uh, uh, are able to uh, get the technology to transport these two whales that were in captivity, okay? They meet this girl scientist. Yes, she's the same girl that was on Seventh Heaven. She was uh, the co-star of the guy who was in motion picture, which is very, very uh, strange, okay? Dr. Gillian Taylor, and she's played by Chris, uh, you know, Hawks. Okay, uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen are the names of the whales. They successfully transport them. They eventually get them back to 
Earth in the future. She goes with them and becomes a science person and gets on a science ship. The whales uh, communicate with the probe. The probe answers them and it uh, flies away, uh, more or less. They save the universe yet again. Kirk is demoted from an admiral back to being a captain. He shouldn't have never accepted promotion in the first place, and and that's it. It's uh, pretty cool and funny, and they dedicated this to the Challenger crew. Every generation has a touchstone, you know. 9-11 would be one of the, the this group. My grandparents would have been... Pearl Harbor. Our generation, Generation X, would be the Challenger exploding because everybody remembers where they were when that when that happened. Okay. Still in 1998, we're still chugging along with the original crew, and uh, that's Star Trek V: The Final Frontier. Now, originally, this was supposed to be the last Star Trek movie. But they were still making money, so they figured well, we'll, we'll continue to do this. Dream Roddenberry had passed away, and they dedicated this movie to him. Well, and I remember the trailer and stuff like that was pretty simple. We have gone on many voyages, and this is one of our final voyages. Well, sort of. So at the end of uh, Voyage Home, they get a brand new Enterprise, and this is the brand new Enterprise that they, they get. Okay, now William Shatner gets to um, uh, direct, I guess, you know, he, he's a bit of a diva, so he's like, oh, well, when do I get to direct, you know, probably said to them, you let Leonard Nimoy direct, when do I get to direct, so he gets his chance, but he borrows from every science fiction movie you've ever seen, even if you're not a fan of science fiction, you know all the tropes. The creature cantina, the alien, the desert alien world. Every Star Wars thing, every Star Trek thing, every Doctor Who thing, every, every franchise you can possibly imagine that has anything to do with outer space has to do with uh, this. Okay? There are some funny moments in it. Kirk, Spock, McCoy go on a camping trip. And they sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat, and it's very funny together. They pop marshmallows and roast marshmallows together. And, of course, uh, they have a little bit of uh, comedy here and there. I don't understand you know the gravity of your situation. Kirk does reflect on uh, that he's not afraid that he's going to die because he knows that uh, Spock and McCoy were with him. He said he always knew he would die alone. Okay. So the Enterprise uh, crew are called up again because uh, Spock has a half-brother named Cybok, okay? Who knew he had a half-brother? But he's got one. And his power is that with the Vulcan mind meld, he can make you see what he wants you to see, okay? That's the idea. So he's gathered all these followers together, and then he's gathered all these... Uh, people from the Federation, a Klingon uh, general, a Romulan ambassador, and a human ambassador from the Federation, and gathers them all together, and then eventually even does this with the Enterprise's crew. So it's up to Kirk, Spock, and McCoy to stop this. Now, 
I know a secret about this movie, what they originally wanted to do and what they eventually changed. I'm glad they changed this because I think I might have walked out just like a lot of other people. Here's what happens. On the deck of the Enterprise, they're going to have William Shatner, Captain Kirk fight Jesus. Yes, you heard me right. They were going to fight the Prince of Peace. He was going to fight Jesus. Why was he going to do this? I don't know. It makes no sense to me at all. The whole story is about that Cyborg says, I've got a message from God. God, Yes, God the Almighty. And he's going he's gonna to come. And he's going to uh, come back to the center of the universe. And we're going to all learn from him. So they go to this very stormy planet. Kirk, Spock, and McCoy go with him. And we find out, nope, it's not God. It's a very ticked-off alien being who is an energy being. And he's like, oh, a starship? And he says, bring it forward so I can inhabit it. So it shall be your chariot. And so Spock and everybody asks him, why does God need a starship? And so he zaps them. And and you didn't answer his question. Why does God need a starship? So Cyborg realizes that he's made a giant mistake. And we get some Klingon bad guys who attack them. Of course we do. But eventually we tell them, you know, attacking us was not such a good idea. So they uh, capture the energy being. They send him packing. Cyborg sacrifices himself to save for the good of the others. And everybody goes back to normal space. At the end... They go back to resuming their camping trip, and Kirk says, maybe God is in the human heart. That's where God is. He says, perhaps life itself is but a dream. And they play, row, row, row your boat. It's real cute. Okay? Is that a really good Star Trek movie? No. It is probably one of the worst they've ever done. With all due respect to William Shatner, it is awful. It's just terrible, and it's just badly written, badly produced. It's not dull in any way, shape, or form. It just is stupid. It has no sense. It has no real... I mean, they have really good special effects, but if you don't have a story, if you don't have any characters development, I mean, you have some funny lines, does that make up for it? No. So... At this point in Star Trek, they were developing Star Trek The Next Generation. But they wanted to do more movies because the movies were making more money. But they also, the people who were in the movies, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and everybody, were asking for more money to, to for paychecks. So, but as after that, that time around... Around when uh, Voyage Home and those other were, they called up Gene Roddenberry to help them develop a new Star Trek TV series. Okay, and now one of the last. Okay, Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country it has a mouth of a title. Undiscovered Country is a line from Hamlet. There's a lot of quotations of uh, Shakespeare throughout this movie. Uh, because uh, the Klingons love to quote Shakespeare. You should read it in the original Klingon when uh, General General Drag 
says. All right. So just like in political events, this movie was made in 1991. So remember what happened to the, the original Soviet Union when they fell apart because there was a Chernobyl explosion, remember? And then that was sort of the beginning of the end of the Soviet Union. This, so the Klingon Empire is beginning to fall apart. There's a giant dilithium explosion on a dilithium mine. The lithium crystals is the one that powers all the starships in all of the Star Trek universe. You have the lithium, you can keep going. So now they're they're in trouble. They're going to do this. So more or less, the Federation doesn't want the Klingon Empire to break up because then you got Klingons running around just making trouble, becoming pirates, and just doing whatever they want. Right? So you don't want that. So... The Federation decides they're going to negotiate peace. So a Klingon ambassador, this general, and his aides and his wife come to a part of neutral space to meet a delegation to uh, talk to them. Who do they send? Captain James T. Kirk and the USS Enterprise. And in the development, there's a new Klingon bird of prey that can fire... uh, while it's cloaked, okay? Unbeknownst to everybody, there's a giant conspiracy going on within the Federation and the Klingon Empire. The poor ambassador is assassinated, and Kirk tries to save his life. Too late, he dies, along with Dr. McCoy. They are arrested and sent to a Klingon prison planet. Michael Durham, who played Worf, he plays Worf's grandfather, who is a lawyer who tries to defend Kirk during this trial. But it's sort of a, a trial that's just very quickly this. While all this is all going on, Spock and uh, the crew try to figure out what's going on. I love this quote. They said, first rule of assassination, kill the assassins. So we find out that that there is this conspiracy, and uh, Kata Cottrell, who uh, plays, she was on uh, Mannequin, that movie Mannequin, and she was in that movie Big Trouble in Little China. She uh, she played the reporter. Remember her? She was uh, really, really good. She plays... Uh, Kim Cattrall, that's the girl's name. She was uh, a Vulcan in this movie. Originally, that was supposed to be Savick, but they uh, changed it because she's part of the conspiracy that's uh, going on. Uh, Spock does a mind meld with her and finds out about this conspiracy. This whole conspiracy is to push the Klingons and the Federation to war. They figured that's what that, that, that this was always going to happen and so forth. So General Drag is uh, this one-eyed uh, Klingon general, and uh, he's got this Klingon bird of prey, and he's going to attack the uh, Federation. Now, Kirk was supposed to die in this story, and uh, we also get to see uh, Sulu as the new... Uh, uh, captain of the Excelsior. So draw on that explosion and fire, and they do that. Uh, all these movies, 
I saw in the movies. I didn't uh, see them on video or on cable like some of the other films. Uh, Voyage Home, I saw in the um, in the theater on Thanksgiving Day. I know a lot of people do that sometimes. My grandmother gave my aunt Thanksgiving, and she said to her, you're going to take the kids to see that new Star Trek movie, right? And my aunt sat up from Thanksgiving dinner and said, I am? And that was the end of it. Off we went. Okay? Final Frontier I saw in the summertime, and it was, you know, at the height of all these great movies. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was around. All these other big movies were around. And we saw it in the movies. And even my mother whispered to me and said, I'm going to get popcorn. This is bad. So there you go. Undiscovered Country, I saw with a whole bunch of Star Trek fans when I was in Middlesex County College. For those of you out there for who are in that group, you know who you are. And we saw it and we had a nice time and we talked about it. And the same director who directed... Uh, uh, Raph of Khan directed this. So we have this big final confrontation with the Klingons, and they just, uh, they uh, uh, disassemble a torpedo to, to locate, even though they're cloaked. And they destroy the Klingon bird of prey and save the day. Kirk saves the president of the Federation, and uh, the day is saved. Uh, the the Enterprise is decommissioned at the end. And uh, just one more final voyage. So Kirk says to them, first start of the right and straight down till morning. And that and that's it. Is that the end of the Enterprise crew and the original crew and they fly off into the sunset? No, no, no. They come back in 1994. Now, by, before this... They were in development to make this TV show called Star Trek The Next Generation. Star Trek The Next Generation, the TV show, they were had lots and lots of doubts about it and didn't know what they were going to do. Roddenberry had a lot of like input into it. And he, uh, they, they had to because they said they couldn't do it without him. And he did, but he was a bit of a bully, and he didn't want, he gave a lot of restrictions to the writers and said, you can't have this conflict, you can't have this, you can't have that. I want to talk about people, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. Now, that's all fine and dandy. There are some good episodes here and there, like Measure of a Man and a couple of things here and there. We'll have to do it, Anto knows all about that sometime down the road, but believe you me, not so uh, great after a while. So by the time Generations was going to be made, Roddenberry was very sick, and he died while they were in production for Final Frontier. So go figure. Then, then that freed them up to do more. They could do what they wanted and add more to these characters. So I think it was either season three or season four. That's when they added the Borg as as the deadlier enemy of the Federation. Not like the Klingons, not like the Romulans or any of the other enemies of the Federation. So this is the last movie 
with the original crew. Now, originally it was going to be a passing of the torch because they were going to uh, have everybody in it and then pass the torch to them. But every as, as slowly as this happened, a lot of people backed out. So the only couple of people that are in it is Captain Kirk because Captain Kirk and Chekhov are in it and a few others... The fellow that played Sulu said, uh, George Takei, he's like, no, I don't want to be on the deck of the Enterprise. I don't want to be the Helms in the Enterprise again. I'm a captain. Why am I being demoted? And uh, Mr. Spock, when Nimoy said, what am I doing in this movie if all I'm going to do is say a few things? So they all backed out. So during a mission, uh, there's this explosion and these refugees are saved from a planet. And Captain Kirk uh, disappears and is believed to be dead. So fast forward to 100 years with the Next Generation crew running around doing their thing. Captain Picard finds out about this mysterious uh, doctor. Okay. Oh, I forgot to mention this was directed by David Carson. He did Lots of episodes of the uh, of the next generation, okay, and he's doing that. So everybody's in this from the next generation: Patrick Stewart, Riker, Diana Troy, Worf, everybody. So uh, there's this fellow named Doctor Sauron or Sauron. Okay, played by Malcolm McDowell. Not a, Malcolm McDonald was in a, dozens of movies, and including he was in A Clockwork Orange. He was in a lot of really, really big uh, movies, playing sort of bad guys, good guys, all kinds of uh, things. And he was very, very, very famous. Okay, so he wants to get to this place called the Nexus. And what the, what's the nexus, you'd say? So he would basically destroy a star to get to this ribbon and to get to this nexus. So we find out that Guinan, the bartender in 10 Forward, Whoopi Goldberg, is connected to this because she uh, used to live in this place called the nexus. She says, I, I, it takes me a long time to help me forget that the, what the Nexus still exists because it was so wonderful there, you don't want to leave. So he's like, he's desperate. He's got to get back to this thing and he'll do anything he can. So uh, Kirk is there and he doesn't even realize he's there. And Picard ends up there while the rest of the Enterprise crew tries to stop uh, the Doras sisters, yeah, the ones that betrayed Warp's father. And all these uh, other bad guys are trying to attack them. Uh, Data gets a, an emotion chip, and he's like, like, uh, acting a little more human here. So the Enterprise crashes and is destroyed. And uh, uh, Riker says, "Went before her time." And uh, Captain Kirk, spoiler alert, dies. Die saving the universe and so forth. Originally, they wanted him to get shot in the back and fall over. 
And they said, no, I can't have Captain Kirk die like that. He's got to die, you know, with the trumpets blazing, you know, die with his boots on kind of thing. So that's what happens to him. And uh, later on, William Shatner wrote a book about what happens to Captain Kirk while he's there. He wrote one of the novels called, I think it's called Eden. So for more information, look into that. Okay? I, I think you could find it at a Star Trek convention or somebody who's selling Star Trek books. So, the movie ends with the next generation passing the torch. Next time on Anto Knows, we'll go into the next generation movie starting with probably their best film called First Contact. Then, uh, the, uh, another movie that was supposed to be a television script and uh, that uh, they didn't uh, they eventually used as a movie and then the last film called Nemesis so we'll see you again on another Anton knows <laughs>